Hello, welcome back to Talk Female Friday with your host, Lucy Brimwade. Talk Female Friday is a podcast that is all about empowering women who want more from their work worlds. And just a reminder, I am still asking you to complete the survey around future female leaders. Um, the link to that survey is in the show notes. So please, please, please go and check that out. And I very much appreciate that and your time and your effort doing that. And you'll be super pleased to know that I've finally got a guest on the show after three weeks of me rambling on at you. So today I am joined by Ella Catliff. She is a former uh, fashion blogger, consultant, editor and commercial director now building a new business in in the property industry. Ella, Thank you so much for joining me on Talk Female Friday. Just over to you, really. Tell us a bit more about you. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on. As I said, when I messaged you, um, I was so thrilled that you got me on so quickly. I did not expect that. So I'm absolutely delighted because as... (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) Coffee went down the wrong way. As a woman who's always kind of built their own business... I'm acutely aware of the diff of what it's like and the challenges and also the excitement and the massive sense of achievement that you can get for it. And I'm very much someone I've pretty much always been self-employed, partially because I hate rules and I don't like working for other people. But that's just what excites me. Um, so what else do you want to know? I want to avoid run giving you my whole thing. No, do you know what I would love to ask you straight away is around the number of kind of careers that you've had. You've had a number of career changes. And something that we're seeing at the moment is women are wanting to do a career change. I was wondering whether you could talk us around like what's been your experience from kind of shifting careers? Absolutely. So I never, when I started out in fashion, I left school, I hated school, and I never had any intention of going to do my place and doing history and Spanish at Leeds. Um, and then I realised, you know, what I really wanted to do was fashion. So I applied for Central St. Martins. I'm a little type A, so I only applied for, for one course at the hardest fashion university to get into. Luckily I did. And then just before I went out to do an internship, I'd managed to finagle in Paris. My mum read about this thing called fashion blogging, and it was 2010. So it was this thing called blogging. I mean, Instagram was a while away. Twitter was barely in its infancy. And luckily that was the one time I listened to my mother as a teenager. (laughs) And I gave it a whack and I absolutely loved it. I carried it on through two more internships. And then I got my post to Martins and I wrote a very heartfelt email to to the British Fashion Council who gave me a media pass fashion week which I did not realise at the time does not give you access to any shows. Um, so I turned up aged 19, knowing no one, no invitations, took a deep breath and just spoke to everyone. And then from there, kept building on those relationships. So when the time came when I had the idea to commercialise my site, and I went you know, aged I don't know, 21 with my little PowerPoint presentation asking, Harrods, Harrods was one of the ones who did not laugh me out of the room. And I went with my little PowerPoint asking them to pay me 500 quid to do something and then just kind of built it from there and so the transit and did that for pretty almost 10 years and I really do think I got the best of when fashion was it's most like debauched and fabulous because for my friends in the industry it's rather less so now Mm. I mean I still love it and I'm still involved in it but I did have a very good time it was really exciting um 
but I was very, very young when I went into that world. And it's very, yeah, camera facing. And it was amazing. And I started to transition slightly more into consultancy because my degree was actually in fashion history and theory, specializing in luxury branding in a digital market. Um, so that was, so I'd work with, well, brands, both startup established and also financial institutions, investors, and some individuals. Um, which obviously I can't say more about. Oh. And that was, that, was it. that was kind of the point. I was at that point starting to feel like my career as a blogger, not that that influence industry is over because God, we all know it's bloody not. It, they're charging, you know, you can charge more than ever. And by the time I was kind of reaching the end of it, the fees went from, you know, me age 21, begging someone to pay me 250, 500 pounds up to getting paid 10 grand for an Instagram post, that kind of thing. But it kind of hit the end of the road there. And I was thinking about doing something different, but I couldn't quite let go of it. Mm. And I think that's something that is so difficult when you're changing careers, particularly when you're someone who... Some might say this is a terrible thing. I your identity is very much wrapped up in what you've done. And so the idea of letting that go is really, really terrifying. So I kind of was doing the consultancy, thinking about what to do next. Then this opportunity came up to relocate to Dubai to be digital editor, Coco Marsh director for Grazi Middle East. And even I didn't really feel right, but I did it because I was like, look, you've done all this work. That's why you're being hired for this. Um, again, I'll go back to the bad for working for other people. Also couldn't take my dog, didn't like it, came home. Uh, and then it was COVID and I was like, right, you know, you know you've got to do something else now. But it did take me that transition period mm -hmm. because when you've done something for over a decade, you built that business, it was your first business and your entire sense of self is wrapped up in it, which mine was far too much. And I think ultimately that's why my, my career as an influencer and consultant it was time to move on because I, when it's when you're that emotionally invested, you kind of can't see the wood for the trees sometimes, mm. and and you stop doing your best work because you're just tired of it. And I'm someone who really wants to love my work. Then I will work seventeen hour days, seven days a week. I don't care. Mm. I, you know, I'm I'm working this entire weekend last weekend I don't mind because I love it and I'm fully in on it and I could feel myself not being that but I wasn't quite ready to let go for a couple more years so then over COVID I was in Sussex at my parents house with my two adult siblings I can't believe we didn't kill each other it did come close <laughs> and I really thought about next steps what my skill set was what I should do I nearly did a law degree and then I remembered again problem with authority can't work for other people and also big like well I would love to do criminal law but there's no money in it and commercials being commercial solicitor is just sounds like the job from hell it's just contracts isn't it pharmaceutical companies being bought by other ones um if I make a lot of money down the line I'd love to do something with the criminal justice system but that was a while away so then I I've always been really interested in property I was weirdly involved as like an 11 year old with my parents purchase of their house and I've signed up to promulgation ever since and because I no, obviously I don't like the, being a, you know an employee I also feel like a lot of those business models are very archaic particularly in the property industry I mean I came from luxury fashion you know that's not exactly progressive but I was absolutely 
flabbergasted, which is a word I've probably never used before, by how bad property in the UK is, well, was. Um, but I found a, a company who were doing it much more towards the American model, as in, in independent brokers under an umbrella. It said on their website, we, we're expanding if you've got five to 10 years plus. No, I think it was 10 to 15 years plus in prime prime central experience. I was like, mm, 10 years, not years. Yeah. And I cold called them and sent them a very long branding proposal they didn't entirely ask for. And they gave me a shot, but told me obviously I had to you know find my own clients and properties. And I was like, oh, well, that'll be a piece of piss. It wasn't, it really <laughs> wasn't, but like it was not at all. And I also at that point knew literally, apart from the fact that I like property, like pro properties, I knew nothing else at all whatsoever. Um, but I didn't even know the concept of like exchange and completion, like nada. Um, but I just kind of, but then, you know, when I started working in fashion, I didn't know that much about it either. Well, okay, comparatively a lot more than I did about property, actually, but whatever. I just applied kind of the same approach, which was a lot of speaking to strangers. Luckily, I have a small dog, which instantly makes you not weird. It's fantastic. If you knock on someone's door without a dog or stop someone's street without a dog, you're potentially a bit of a weirdo. But if you've got a tiny dog, it's all fine. So that's how I got started, and I've been building it ever since. So it's been... Over 18 months now. Ella, I'm, I just found that whole, you know, everything you just said that this is so relatable. Yeah. And I was giggling along at you because I just so, I find it so relatable to everything you're saying around, um, you know, that transition period. And then you said around um, kind of being fashion and doing the stuff that you've done over the, that kind of 10 years plus, that it it was your identity. And actually, I think I yeah. I really relate to that and I think a lot of people listening probably relate to that too because once you're kind of in your I'm saying this in air quotes here like your niche you kind of go well this is what I've built towards I spent years doing this I earn a very good salary doing that so when you do go and shift and change your careers it's quite frightening to go like this is my bread and butter and I know this very well oh, I, I never had a salary pretty much because I've always pretty much apart from for short sure, stint I've been self-employed which I think it just translated very well mm. into kind of a career change because I don't really I mean it's, it, I work the best but I don't really know any other way than like you kill what you eat you eat you eat what you kill even um so I think that's that was a very very helpful factor in in my decision to end up where I am rather than doing the law degree or well, law conversion or going into a company because you know, when you get to 30, you know, you know, you know yourself. And I know that that, that is not something that tends to go well for me. Mm. And, and when you're, I think if you came from a background of have, always having a stable salary, the idea of going into this kind of a model would be absolutely terrifying. But when you, you've always been in this kind of a model, just in a different industry, it's like, oh yeah, that's how, you know, that's how I do it. You go out and when you're just accustomed to just, your work been going out and hustling and lots of speaking to strangers um that makes it a lot easier I mean it was still very scary but the fact I think it was much scarier the idea of going into the law the whole process of that which is a really long and I'm far too old for that um but also <coughs> a lot more constrained 
So I did actually start, I got, was at City University, I did actually start my law degree. And like academically, I found it fascinating, but the more I learned through applying for um, tra like trainee contracts is the actual reality of it. And I just found that absolutely terrifying. I found it a lot less terrifying to take the plunge in a brand new industry I knew bugger all about and a model where I didn't have a salary. Mm. But now you're kind of in property, which you were saying as well, that like you know a little bit about property, but not not as much as you did with fashion. It was nice oh. kind of hearing you talk around that almost confidence of you going, well, actually, I'm just going to kind of do this and write, write them this kind of brand proposal. And actually, that's, you know, for me, like hearing a woman say that actually gives me some empowerment to go well maybe I don't know about x y or z but actually if I write to them like what's stopping me it, does that kind of go through your head at all I'm really pleased to hear you say that that's that's just how I've kind of always been wired very much like if I want something I target told it towards I think we all have our strengths and our weaknesses for instance I cannot sit at a desk nine till five and complete someone else's to-do list I physically can't do it. I've also, my that's my personality, I'm all ADHD, and it's just how I'm wired. But if I've got a goal, I'm completely, like that is happening. And I have no no shame in my game. I don't, and obviously, you know, we all fear rejection, but I've always felt that the potential benefit outweighs a couple of moments of embarrassment. Oh, that's really nice. I love that. Those, those few moments, those few moments of embarrassment, actually, it does, your success will outweigh that completely. And, you know, you, you feel a bit, but also there's no need to be embarrassed if someone turns you down. You know, you need to be embarrassed if you get drunk and puke on your boss's shoes. That's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, or, you know, you get caught photocopying your own. I don't think anyone actually ever has done that in the history of ever, but you know what I mean. But, you know, you went for a goal. If it didn't work out, there's no need to be embarrassed. Mm. so tell me a little bit more about being self-employed because I think quite you I'm just picking up something you said as well some people who listen to this podcast have always been in a job you know secure stable again air quotes here air quote Lucy is, is on one today oh. with it all um tell me a little bit more about that um well I I suppose I I, I started modeling when I was a, a teenager I wasn't very successful, to be honest. I'm caught between it. I'm too short for editorial and too editorial for commercial. And I got sent to all these castings with like seven foot women. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> but it was a good lesson in kind of, well, being self-employed and, you know, filing a tax return, even if you only earn 80 quid off some weird hair job. Um, and I really think because, I mean, when I started the blog, it never in a million years occurred to me that I was going to be a business. It never, never, never in a million years. I thought I was going to go to some Martins and then end up being like a fashion editor or a stylist or, you know, follow like a path kind of thing. But, um, but, it, but as soon as I saw the opportunity, you know, saw a little opportunity there and I went, massively went for it. So that's just how I've always worked. And it was similar when I was younger, when I was at school. So my parents put me on a pony once when I was about three. They didn't have much money at the time and they thought it'd be cute. I got obsessed. 
And because obviously, you know, they couldn't afford to get me a pony, I went and worked at riding stables in Kingston from about five in the morning, aged eight or nine, which in retrospect was just mainly a massive pain in the ass for them because they had to drive me there. But that's just kind of how I've always operated. Like you want something, tunnel vision till you get it. And, and that can be, I mean, it's very, very useful and very effective, particularly if you're self-employed. Mm. It can also be challenging because you can get too focused or too obsessive about things. So I think, I mean, there are a lot of challenges that come with being self-employed. Firstly, is that the right thing for you as a person? For me, it absolutely is because I work best like that. But for other people, it isn't. So it's really being honest with yourself about, is that the best thing for you? Is that gonna be the most productive thing for you? Mm-hmm. There's no there's no right or wrong answer. And to be honest, a lot of the time I wish that I've been able to like take a nice salary job, but I, ju- I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. There's almost a power in, in knowing yourself there as well though. Yeah, completely. Um, because, you know, that, that would be nice and secure. But that's just not how I operate as a person. And I'm a terrible employee. I'm a good colleague, bad employee. Um, so I think it's, you know, being self-employed is very challenging. But being employed by someone else is also challenging. So it's just which works best for you and your skills, your personality and your goals. Mm. So couple of questions around this before I kind of launch into asking you about real estate which I'm so excited about um so wanted to ask you as well being self-employed freelancing during this how do you keep yourself resilient I I, I don't know I think I think fashion was a good training in terms of being resilient I bet I bet I think think modeling as a teenager was good training in terms of being resilient because it's 99.9% rejection. You just have to crack on. Mm. But it is, it is hard. And it is, I mean, my first couple of times deals went sideways in property. I was devastated. I, I bawled my eyes out. Um, one time in, in Marks and Spencer's, which was slightly embarrassing, but luckily I don't get embarrassed very easily. But the, um, the, director who brought me on and kind of mentored me for my first year was like Ella it doesn't matter how many years you do it it always fucking hurts and he's been in a, a long time and has you know been incredibly successful and it does always fucking hurt much like it did in fashion when I pitched something or there was a project that works that didn't go through but after the first couple of times you stop crying about it and you're just like right what's the solution yeah, I think it's, it's still bloody hurts, but you're you're not going to mope about it for a day. You're just going to be like, that was shit. Let's solve it. Yeah. And do you know what? I, I just love what you just said there. Like that was shit. Let's solve it. Because I think I think sometimes we forget to allow ourselves to kind of be upset about something. And we have yeah. we have this like expectation on ourselves to go, oh, God, like I can't be upset about that. You know, actually, if something was really <laughs> shit, like cry out. But I like what you said there. You've got a problem, it's gone, yeah. what are you going to do right. about it? Um, and it was actually very, very helpful to me that the director said that to me because I was I was both crying about the fact that the deal had gone sideways and also because I was ashamed of my reaction. 
I've heard someone who's been in the industry for 30 years and done God knows how many millions of pounds worth of deals to say like it still fucking hurts for me yeah made me feel just being a wuss by being upset but it, it also made me feel like you know one thing that goes sideways at the end of it all like you just and that's what I've done in my previous careers. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself at the beginning of this one. Mm. Partially financial, because the fact is, if you are self-employed in that way, every deal really matters. You can't have like a sloppy month where you're funny about on Facebook or punch in, punch out. Um, and also probably a point of pride. Yeah. There's quite a lot of ego involved in being self-employed and I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. No, I can imagine. How, otherwise, how would you do it? Yeah, I think what I'd like to ask you now is around property and real estate. And I think something that what when you messaged me and I had a look at what you were doing and what you were talking about, it was something I wanted to have on the podcast because I've not really spoken to anyone before around buying property, that market. So do you think you could give us a bit of a, a view on what the kind of what real estate is? what property like what we mean by property and just kind of give us almost a quick like I was gonna say dummy's guide but you know what oh, I mean well essentially I work as a consultant which is the same as an independent broker in the US or Australia underneath an umbrella company which is Harding Green which I mean, I think that's the best business model going forward because we handle everything independently from start to finish with clients, whether they're buying, selling, renting, whatever. And we obviously have, you know, the, the differentiating factor of our company is that one-on-one, 24-7 attention. And also the fact we've got a vested bloody interest in that property selling. If you're earning like, you know, 20 grand a year and getting 0.0000 something percentage of a sale and you've never been to the property before at a big corporate agency you're not that invested you probably don't know what all the stuff's made of and you don't you probably don't know the client or the buyer so what we do is slightly different but overall as a view of property I mean it is essentially the purchase sale lease or rent of really any sort of property whether it's commercial residential whether it's a garage some which go for crazy amounts of money in london and well you know i see my job as well facilitating that essentially and making it less stressful for everyone involved because they say the most stressful things in life is like birth death and buying a property actually death not because you're dead but you know what i mean yeah buying a a property and it's a pretty full-time job these people all have their own full-time jobs so it's making less stressful for them and then on top of that because my background isn't luxury and lifestyle and I always try to provide you know additional things like you know if they want the best you know with dry cleaners hair place local restaurant local shops concert pianist for their daughter's birthday whatever so that's something that I'm working to build more on in the future additionally but, well, you know, when it boils down to it, it's buying and selling of, of buildings. Yeah. And do you know what? Interesting, when I hear you talking about that, in the UK, we don't really seem to have much as like, a, I don't know, like, again, consultant broker type thing. And I bought, with my partner, we bought our house um, just a week before Christmas. Just a side note, week before Christmas. Oh, wow. I am crazy. Um, 
it was it is you're right it is the most stressful time it's so stressful and it would have been nice to have had somebody there to kind of help you but it in the US I definitely see it more I think I even see it in Scotland as well yeah. we don't seem to have it in the UK it's, well, I mean we do but it tends to be much more for the really high end but in reality if you think about it it is utterly ridiculous to have a person two people a family whatever who are have who are busy with their own jobs, their own lives, are not professional negotiators and have a very vested emotional interest in a property mm. negotiating against someone who that is their literal job. It makes absolutely no sense. Obviously, the retainer fee, but it it is totally commonplace in other countries. And I do, I work as a buying agent as well, which I really enjoy. And actually, for most of the people, the, the clients are generally not from here because there is... Yeah, in the multi-million range, people will get buying agents, but at a low in the lower price bracket, people tend not to, which I do think should change because it it's so stressful and so overwhelming, and you need someone kind of in your corner. I always, while my when I'm selling property, while obviously my seller is my client, and it's all about their best interests. Once a deal is agreed. So I would never try and push them down unnecessarily. But once it deals agreed, I very much handhold the buyer as well. Mm. Um, and I think a lot, I, mean, I think probably some of that's due to not coming from a property background. So I didn't have that kind of training of like you're only one side. But I found it very, very helpful. And as a result, got several of my buyers' properties that they want to sell afterwards. Because I mean, without man holding on their part, it can fall through so easily. Because, I mean, as I didn't know a year ago, it's very bloody complicated. Mm. Like, sale agreed not, does not mean sale, does not mean cash in your pocket. It's then a very long, arduous process. So I really made a very big effort to, and that's something that my business partner shares, to really help the buyer or the renter to make it happen. Because I... Obviously, we have a vested interest in the outcome, and our client is our client. But once that is agreed, uh, you know, something our client's comfortable with, the the amount or the brand, whatever, then we have to help the buyers. And that's something that I think is very in the industry in the UK. Okay. So just the kind of conscious of time, and I've been trying to keep these episodes like quite short as well. Okay. Um, what What would your kind of, if somebody was kind of looking at, doing going into property or looking to sell or buy a property is there any advice you, you'd share um do it do it through me um i'm kidding kind of not really uh i i love working in property i couldn't imagine going into a traditional corporate model if you're used to being self-employed and being that kind of hustle eat what you kill mentality then a model like the one that I'm doing is absolutely amazing. And I I really love it. It is tough, I have to say. I was warned that it was it was tough and people would be very tough. And I was like, please, I worked in fashion 10 years. And then after a couple of months, I was like, shit, you weren't joking. It makes fashion like a children's tea party. Buying and selling property brings out the worst in people. But it, I, I absolutely love it. If you like interacting with people and you're good at it then it is great if you struggle with that then it's probably not for you so then if people are looking to buy or sell property 
And if they want to ask you more questions about it, maybe do it through you as well. How is best to get in touch with you? Oh, so glad you asked. Um, you can get in touch with me via email, which is Ella, E-L-L-A dot Catliff, C-A-T-L-I-F for Foxtrot at hardinggreen.com or via phone 07795-615041 or Instagram at La Petite Anglaise. I love it. I don't think anyone has ever given their telephone number out on the podcast before. I love it. <laughs> oh, I did. Like, I love it. Thank What's the worst? Well, okay. the, the best that can happen is that you'll get loads of phone calls and you'll have like loads of business and that's great. Um, is there anything else? So as you bring the podcast to a close, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience today? Um, I say just that if you are at a point where you're considering a career change and you've been in your current career or industry for a long time, don't feel bad that it's terrifying because it is. It's really terrifying. It took me like three years and I was absolutely terrified. But it is very doable and you're never too old to do it. Oh, I think that's, that's a wonderful note to start to finish the podcast on. And Ella, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest on Talk Female. Oh, fantastic. And check out the show notes where you'll find all of Ella's details on there, as well as, yes, again, I am plugging it, my um, survey that I'm capturing information on. So please go and complete that. If you're new here, please make sure you subscribe. If you're a regular listener and you haven't yet let uh, left a review please also leave a review because that super helps me with getting my numbers up on the rankings so please do help me with that and well thank you very much Ella thank you for listening today and I will talk female with you all next Friday <laughs>